the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. a Friday edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me. Hope everyone uh, has a good, safe weekend. Hope everyone's taking precaution for some storms this afternoon and then uh, probably some ice overnight into tomorrow morning. Should be good tomorrow afternoon, though. So glad everybody's with me. Um, I am Colby Powell. This is Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. You can follow me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Give me all your thoughts on everything Oklahoma State. Uh, and follow me on Twitter as well, at Colby J. Powell, where if you are following me yesterday, you heard my career news. I'm now writing for FromTheBackTees.com, writing about golf. And uh, golf season is just getting underway. So it's going to be a lot of fun being with those guys this season and doing that. So check that stuff out too. You can find it all on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell. So head that way. Uh, I, I waited today. Usually I try to record in the morning if I'm able to. I, I could have recorded this morning. I didn't have anything preventing me from doing so, but I didn't want to record and then have news break at noon or one o'clock that Chuba was coming back. And, and then all of a sudden now all weekend, uh, my podcast is outdated because I'm not talking about Chuba making his return to Oklahoma state. Well, it's now four o'clock this afternoon when I'm, when I'm recording this, if he announces after this point, okay, I, I did the best I could. Uh, I, I still, like I said all along, I think he's coming back. I think all the signs are pointing to him coming back. Uh, I think for him to tweet out all the things that he has and to put on Instagram all the things that he has and then go to the NFL, it just doesn't make sense. Two plus two doesn't equal four there. So I do still think that Chuba Hubbard is coming back. But we will remain on Chuba Watch uh, throughout the weekend. School starts Monday, so uh, we'll see if Chuba Hubbard is in school on Monday if we don't find out later today. We did have some big breaking news today out of Stillwater with the football program. is the exact thing we were all wanting to find out. Tim Rattay has been hired as the quarterback's coach at Oklahoma State, which is certainly not an insignificant hire. It's just when you're sitting around waiting for Chuba Hubbard and Todd Monken and Casey Dunn news, and then you're like, oh, Cool, they hired Tim Rattay as the quarterback's coach. It, it doesn't get you fired up. It doesn't get you out of your seat. It doesn't make you tweet emojis on Twitter, but it's a solid hire. Tim Rattay was with the uh, Washington Redskins in the NFL last year, coaching their quarterbacks. Now, say what you want about that team. The whole team was a disaster, um, so I, I'm not going to judge him as a coach on that. The four seasons prior to that, he was coaching quarterbacks at his alma mater, which is Louisiana Tech. Uh, he leads. He's the all-time uh, single-season and career leader in passing touchdowns touchdowns at Louisiana Tech in 1998. He threw for nearly 5,000 yards, uh, nearly 412 yards per game, and that season is still the ninth best single season mark in FBS history. So uh, he played in the NFL for about seven years, threw for nearly 5,000 yards and 31 touchdowns in his nearly seven seasons in the NFL. He's the son of a high school football coach, so he's got football and coaching in his bloodline, in his veins. So what this says to me, Oklahoma State hiring a quarterback's coach, this points me in the direction of Todd Monk, not Todd Monken, I apologize, slip of the tongue, of Casey Dunn being the offensive coordinator. Because you remember Sean Gleason was the OC quarterbacks coach, and Mike Yersich was the OC quarterbacks coach. Well, Casey Dunn's a wide receivers coach. He's not a quarterback coach. So if you're going to have a wide receiver coach be your OC, you're going to need a, a devoted 
quarterback coach, which is now going to be Tim Rattay. So this, to me, points to Casey Dunn being the offensive coordinator. I still don't know what's up with Todd Monken. He, he tweeted out the Canadian flag uh, last week. Who knows what it all means? Uh, we'll figure it out. I thought we would know by today. I, I told you all. My guess was that we would know by today who the offensive coordinator was, who the starting running back was, and there's still a little bit of time left on this Friday, so who knows? Maybe uh, we do find something out between now and the end of the day, but really no way to know for sure. Uh, all right, quick first segment because I want to take a break, come back, talk a little transfer portal, a commitment that Oklahoma State has gotten, and we have to preview tomorrow's game for Mike Boynton's squad against TCU. So that's all coming up. Stay with me here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Rolling along here on Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone is with me. Hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you may be listening. Uh, All right. Let's talk a little more about uh, Oklahoma State football. Oklahoma State has received a 2022 commit from defensive back DeKelvion Beeman. He tweeted out a picture of himself uh, in his high school uniform with an Oklahoma State background. Said, I'm the greatest. I said that even before I knew I was. That is a Drake lyric, if I'm not mistaken, from back in the day. He's six foot 180-pound defensive back out of Shreveport, Louisiana. Not the first time Oklahoma State has gone uh, to Shreveport to find defensive backs. Darius Williams and Jarek Bernard, both from Shreveport uh, as well, as is, pardon me, Nadrian uh, Desidere is from Shreveport as well. So Beeman has played some corner and some safety in high school. It's important not to assume 100% that he is going to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy. He is committed right now on January, whatever today is, January 10th, he is committed to Oklahoma State for the 2022 class. He's a sophomore in high school. He's 15 maybe 16 years old at this point, these kids change their minds all the time. It's great to get him to get him committed. Uh, you, you know, maybe he turns into uh, a bigger recruit. Oklahoma State was the first school to offer him. Uh, he took a, 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 an unofficial visit in November, and now he is committed to Oklahoma State. Who knows? Maybe he has a phenomenal junior season, and then LSU swoops in uh, and offers him once he becomes a four-star, and he decides to go to LSU because he has aspirations uh, to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. If he does, he does, but for right now, it, it's great for Oklahoma State to get this commit, uh, especially being so far out in this 2022 class. Um, also, uh, Patrick McCoffman has entered the transfer portal. Some of you may not know who Patrick McCoffman is. Uh, he is going to be a redshirt senior. Um, he played five games last year for Oklahoma State, didn't catch any passes, didn't record any stats. Uh, he, he came in from NEO. He tore his ACL uh, prior to the 2018 season. I actually had the pleasure of calling one of Patrick McCoffman's high school games. I did the play-by-play for, I believe it was Douglas and Bethany, and Patrick McCoffman was a high school quarterback. He was, he was a phenomenal high school quarterback, just couldn't play that position at the next level. He had more than 8,000 yards of total offense uh, as a quarterback at Douglas High School, and he was a ton of fun to watch, and he was a great athlete, six foot six. You think maybe he can be a red zone target, and it just never quite worked in Stillwater for Patrick McCoffman. So he's entering the transfer portal. Hopefully he finds himself somewhere where he can spend a lot of time on the field uh, and put up some numbers as a redshirt senior. You, you wish him nothing but the best uh, as he moves on to the next phase of his college football career. Uh, and then finally, the uh, well, a couple quick football notes before we move on to basketball. One, Mike Gundy's going to be featured in ESPN's film room during the national title game. Not the first time. Uh, it'll be the second time that he has done this. And 
it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun watching these guys. I, I'm not somebody who can watch the whole game this way, but I'll flip over in the second quarter and see what these coaches are saying. Uh, Gary Patterson is going to be in there as well. That's pretty good. Vanderbilt coach Derek Mason will be in there. Pat Narduzzi of Pittsburgh uh, and new Boston College coach, the former defensive coordinator of Ohio State, Jeff Halfley, will also be on the panel. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun if you want to flip over there and watch Gundy and those fellow coaches, Gary Patterson as well, give their insight on the national championship game. Uh, like I said, I won't watch the whole game that way, but I'll flip over there uh, for a little bit, maybe earlier in the game, maybe even a little bit in the third quarter and listen to Mike Gundy break down the national championship game as it is played. Uh, and also want to remind everybody there are some Cowboys in the NFL this week. Only eight teams remain in the NFL playoffs. Uh, still some Oklahoma State Cowboys. There's an Oklahoma State Cowboy playing in every one of these games. Dan Bailey for the Vikings and 49ers. Dan Bailey, who has been uh, pretty incredible this season. He's kind of recaptured some of that form uh, that he had earlier in his career in Dallas, and he's had a really good season. Justice Hill in the Titans-Ravens game. Uh, who knows how much run he'll get with Mark Ingram being back. It'll probably be mostly Ingram and uh, Gus Edwards, but Justice Hill uh, will see some snaps as well, I would imagine. Uh, even earlier in the season, he would see a few snaps, and then when Mark Ingram missed uh, a, a game or two, he, he looked pretty good out there with Gus Edwards. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, Texans at the Chiefs. That game is on Sunday at 2.05. And then uh, a guy I've been really impressed with in the NFL and the Seahawks-Packers game is Trey Flowers. Uh, you know, he got a couple pass interference calls last week against the Eagles. One of them I thought was a bad call. One of them I thought was a good call. But for what he was in college to now be a, a down-in, down-out guy for the Seattle Seahawks and be pretty impressive in his time there. Uh, I've enjoyed watching Trey Flowers play, and he's made some big plays for the Seahawks. So uh, hopefully Seattle gets it done against the Green Bay Packers, who are just impossible to root for. And, and I genuinely hope that the Packers go down in flames uh, Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that game's not until 540 on Sunday, so that's one of the later games. What did I say? Chiefs games was it, was it two? Uh, and then an afternoon and a night game on Saturday. The afternoon game is the Vikings and Niners. The night game is the Titans and Ravens on Saturday. So uh, my four picks in those games, just for fun, uh, give me the Ravens. I'll take them to win and to cover nine and a half. Give me the Chiefs. I'll take them to win and to cover nine and a half. Give me the Seahawks. I'll take them to cover four and a half. I don't know if they'll win that game. Uh, and then give me the Niners to win and cover the seven. That's my NFL predictions for this weekend. Uh, last little note here uh, before I take a break, come back and preview Oklahoma State and TCU. I mentioned on Wednesday and then forgot to talk about it, some rumors uh, circulating around the baseball program. There are some rumors uh, th that a guy who once played baseball at Oklahoma State, who once had a very long hitting streak at Oklahoma State and was recently the manager for the Chicago White Sox in the MLB. I don't want to name names because, you know, I don't want to speculate here, so we won't name names. But played baseball at Oklahoma State, long hitting streak, recently the manager for the Chicago White Sox. There are some rumors that he's been spending some time in Stillwater and uh, around the baseball team. What does that mean? I don't know. Does it mean he's going to be an assistant coach, a hitting coach? Uh, you know, Matt Holiday has been spending some time in Stillwater with Josh. I think a staff of Josh Holiday, Matt Holiday, and Robin Ventura, boy, that would be that would have to be one of the five best staffs in the country. It would have to be. And, and the guys that you would be able to get in, the hitters from around the country that you would be able to recruit if you had those guys on your on your baseball staff would be pretty pretty impressive. So uh, keep an eye on that. Again, I'm not reporting that anything's happened. I'm just hearing some rumors, passing those along to you. Uh, I actually heard some of this stuff 
back in the fall. Um, I have a, a weird family connection to uh, to the the holidays. Uh, some people from my hometown, so so heard some things back in the fall, but it, it wasn't anything substantial. And then I heard some other people talking about it earlier this week, and I was like, okay, probably safe to at least uh, say that we're we're hearing some things, uh, and maybe. We'll have an announcement on that within the next uh, month or so before baseball season starts. I guess it'll probably be early to mid-February when Oklahoma State takes to the diamond. And then, and then of course, on March 20th is when O'Bright Stadium will be open. Uh, I can't wait. I'm hoping to be there for that game because it's going to be uh, an absolute blast. Uh, all right. Going to take a break. Come back on the other side and preview Oklahoma State TCU tomorrow in Fort Worth. A winless Big 12 team against an unbeaten in-conference Big 12 team. I'll preview it coming up next here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on a Friday on Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone is with me. Let's talk a little basketball as Oklahoma State heads to Fort Worth tomorrow to take on the TCU Horn Frogs, the undefeated in conference play TCU Horn Frogs. Now their schedule hasn't gotten off to quite as tough of a start as Oklahoma State's Texas Tech, West Virginia back-to-back start to start conference play. TCU has played Iowa State. Uh, and they beat Iowa State uh, in overtime, and then they got a two-point road win against Kansas State uh, earlier in the week. So they are 2-0 in conference play, but they've beaten two teams that are 7-7 and this year, and uh, TCU, if I'm not mistaken, just about unanimously was picked to be the worst team in the conference. So who knows? Maybe they'll be a little better than everyone thought, but this is a game that Oklahoma State absolutely needs to go win tomorrow. This Look, I'm not going to call it a must-win. That's kind of silly to call a game in January a must-win in college basketball. But in in the Big 12, you don't get very many easy wins. Even this won't be an easy win. You, you don't really get any easy wins in the Big 12 conference. You have to beat the teams that are, uh, you, you know, not the elites. You, you might get swept by Texas Tech and West Virginia and Kansas and maybe Baylor. That's eight conference losses. You, you play 18 conference games. Maybe you get swept by those teams. Maybe you don't. Then you still have to play uh, Oklahoma. You still have to play TCU a couple of times. You, you know, Kansas State, not great, but they'll put up a fight. Iowa State, not great, but they'll put up a fight. Uh, I mean, this is a big game for Oklahoma State to just not continue to let this pattern that they've fallen into uh, of the inability to score. Uh, doesn't look like they're playing with confidence. Doesn't look like Yorin A is playing with confidence. Uh, Lindy Waters shooting inefficiently from the field. Isaac Likely has still yet to find the form that he was displaying prior uh, to, to being out sick for a couple of, not a couple of months, what, five weeks was it? that he was out, missed four games. Uh, you, you know, it wasn't a lot of going on that time because it was Christmas in between, so uh, one conference play where you have two games per week. It looks like Thomas DeZagua will be able to play. He practiced on Wednesday and Thursday. He had the flu, so you assumed after missing Monday's loss to West Virginia that he would play tomorrow against TCU, and it looks like he will after practicing on Wednesday or Thursday. And Oklahoma State needs him. Oklahoma State shot one for 20 from three-point range the other day against West Virginia. Uh, That's not going to get it done against anybody. West Virginia, Texas Tech, TCU, doesn't matter. You shoot one of 20 from beyond the arc, good chances are uh, you're not going to be in 
that game. So uh, it's a one o'clock, 1 o'clock game tomorrow. It's on ESPN2. Don't have to worry about the ESPN Plus nonsense. TCU has three starters averaging double figures. Both the other guys average more than eight points per game. Leading scorer for TCU uh, and the senior leader for TCU is Desmond Bain. He averages nearly 17 points per game. He's at 16.9, 6.8 rebounds, 3.4 assists, one and a half steals. Uh, so Desmond Bain is, is kind of the do-everything guy for TCU. He'll be a guy to look out for tomorrow. A couple of sophomores averaging in double figures, R.J. Nimhard and Kevin Samuel. Nimhard averages 13.7 per game. Kevin Samuel averages 11.6 and 9 rebounds per game, as well as 2.9 blocks, which is big time. Remember, Yorane now only averages 2.2 blocks after opening the season with that 8-block game uh, against ORU. Yorane has certainly – I don't want to say he's regressed throughout the season because the competition has certainly gotten tougher, but I, I would really like to see the Yorane that we saw in October and November uh, I, I would really like to see that guy as we get now into conference play. Uh, and then a couple more seniors for TCU. Edric Dennis averages 8.2 points per game, and Jair Grayer averages 8.2 points per game as well as five rebounds. So that'll be the matchup. Oklahoma State's usual starting five, likely Dezagua, Waters, uh, McGriff, and Anay. The only two guys for Oklahoma State averaging in double figures. Waters averages 12.9. Isaac Likely is now at 11.2 points per game on the season. We need more efficiency from Oklahoma State on the offensive end and uh, you, you know defense against Texas Tech they got hot they made a lot of shots against West Virginia I thought the defense was fine but you, you just cannot allow yourself to go through the scoring slumps that Oklahoma State is going through in these games you, you can't go five minutes without hitting a field goal and it seems like that's happening regularly with Oklahoma State so hopefully the product will be better tomorrow in Fort Worth uh, that's all for today. I'll be back on Monday. I will likely have some Chuba Hubbard news. I would assume maybe I'll have some Casey Dunn news. Uh, I would assume. Who knows when we're going to get news about any of these things. Talk about the national championship game uh, a little bit. Preview the last college football game that any of us will get to watch for about eight months. So that's all coming up on Monday. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a good weekend. Be safe on the roads if they get icy overnight and into tomorrow morning. Uh, and everyone have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to Locked On Post.